that's a pleasant start. Do you want a Duna? It seems like <laughs> it's quite a different contrast. What? Going from you with a cup of tea and a Duna and Uggies yeah, to cool. you suited with sunglasses on inside yep. in the full shirt and dress pants. I like to change it up for you. At least, and bourbon. At least I'm making an effort. Well, you wore a red sweater today. And you complimented me on my femininity. So I think problem solved. I didn't compliment you on your femininity. You said you definitely I called me feminine. I pointed it out and hoped you would take it as an insult. Oh. Well, you said it in such a generous... Like you were smiling and I thought that's a nice... You're enjoying because the look. Because it was a competitive smile. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that always what your smiles are? Or is that just... Was that Usually with you, no. Really? Just but a genuine smile with me. I felt strangely superior it's to you today. I take that as a compliment. No. That normally the smiles you give to me are not competitive smiles. I don't give you smiles. The smiles are all for myself. What do you mean? If I smile, it's not for you. You can take it and use it as your own, but you're only sampling my own smile. When I smile, I smile for myself and African kids. <laughs> uh, you, you must... Is it conscious now how much, how Brentian, like, a lot of that stuff is to you? You're an asshole. I'm just saying, like, that's a genuine question. Like, I've gone back to the office recently to watch it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm accidentally went in with the mindset that, oh, okay, Nick thinks that I do a lot of Ricky Gervais Brenty things. Okay. Yeah. So this is, and I watched it and I thought, no, you know, I, no. You've made your own place in the world. When I was... Growing like when that when that came out, I was at such in my comedic career. I was <laughs> fuck you. I was in such a vulnerable and uh, welcoming place, and that came along and that just blew my world apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of my personality, because I was developing. Yeah. At Humor. that age. Yeah. When that came along, it affected me yeah. a lot and it defined the the humour that I have today. Yeah. So fuck you if it comes through every now and then. Oh, damn you for making a salient point. I yes. take it back. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't if, detract If you were doing that, I would make fun of you. So I okay. see it from that angle. Okay. 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 And you should try and beat it out of me because I don't want it either. Yes, you do. No, I want the I want the inspiration, but uh-huh. I don't want to copy. So, okay. it's good that you beat it out of me. Okay. It was, like it was my the, dad it was did. The, <laughs> see, that wasn't something that David Brent ever said. That's good. You're forming your own path. Yes, that's good. The good news is that all my comedic influences of people you've never heard of, so it's fantastic. Milligan's pleased, Everett. Damn it. <laughs> and also, David Brent. <laughs> that was literally a quote from The Office. Yes. Um, the, the, the Welcome to Deep Thought. This podcast. is a podcast. We talk about things. This <laughs> is a video, and if you can't see it, uh, then... Refresh your browser. <laughs> and then install Silverlight. And then like update, update to the uh, latest, latest Adobe software. Adobe Flash. Um, sure. Use VLC. Because if you can't times. see this podcast, you are not. It is not our fault. Watching this podcast, you are doing it wrong. You're if you can't see, fucking this. it up. Are you using VLC because VLC is the are best? Are we expected to film ourselves doing it? No. But you should be watching us. And if you can't, the windows are open, my friend. The doors, the doors have closed, but the windows are open, and there's a fresh breeze coming in. When God closes a window, 
he opens that first door again, because he only knows two methods of entry. And one of them's the fire escape. No. <laughs> the This is a podcast we talk thinky-talky things. My oh. name's Nick. There's not a... You're doing that thing all the time. Well, okay. You're trying well, to instill it. it. You're trying to instill it like a kind of I have a caption. A, go back to the past. Thinky-talky podcast. Go back. It's so shit. Go back to the previous episodes. I think you'll find out. You don't say that in a long one. time. You did it last week. No. Yes, you did. Well, okay. I'll go it's back not a thinky-talky podcast. What is it, Michael? We've that, had this. We that appeals this... only to other tech nerds like you. Thinky laughy. Thinky laughy. Laughy talky. Oh, this is YouTube channel and this is thinky-talky podcast. <laughs> Like, shut up. YouTube's very popular, Michael. I know YouTube's popular and I use it sometimes, but sometimes it's got it's got things on there that you don't need to see. <laughs> That's true. Neither does my son. You don't have a son. I will. That's very true. Thank you. That's very, very true. Um, this you, is di- a think- you digress. I digress. This is a Thinky Talky podcast. My <laughs> name's Nick. Uh, sitting across from me... Michael. Oh, you I should hate, do that every week. I hate saying my own name, but I did it then for you. What was your name? Michael. <laughs> so you should be proud of saying it like that. All the other weeks when you've said it wrongly, I can understand why you wouldn't want to say it. But when it's like that, you've got this like coolness to you. Oh, you've got the yes. jazz sunglasses. It's yes. Michael. Michael. Yeah, Michael McConaughey. Michael McGonaghy. <laughs> I'm going to call my, my firstborn Michael McGonaghy. Zabrecki will be his last name. His first name is going to be Michael McGonaghy. Every gives, everyone gives people shit for having two first names, but I think that there's a vast market for having two last names. Helen Mirren. Zabrecki. Well, Helen's not... No. Just... Helen's a first name. You want to get rid of all first names. I don't think I've names. ever seen my, said my last name on this podcast. They'll be able to find you now. Damn it. They will know exactly who you are. It's Tom. My name's Tom and... My name is Michael my, Tom. Tom MySpace. <laughs> the uh, the opportunity for like a like a last name last name combination. I think that that's that's a missed opportunity. What the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> what was that? That was the air freshener. Why does it sound like that... a rhinoceros snorting? I know. I've had this in my room for a while, right? <laughs> and. I put it on because my room was smelling pretty stangy, and uh, and then I put this thing in there. But I often make music in there, and uh, every now and then <laughs> like it will just go <laughs> and just like that's that's the sound it makes when it breathes out beautiful smelling air. <laughs> so it's such a beautiful smell, but to make that smell, it's like <laughs> yeah. And that's what you just heard, because so, I that's put it wonderful. in here, because you opened the window, and I, I felt did. self-conscious about the smell of this, this room. So. No, I didn't... Uh, this week, it was just past the smell. Anyway, let, let's... let's. You didn't want it. I didn't... Well, I didn't not... Okay, anyway. Um, anyway. Anyway. This week, we're talking about robot morality. Yeah, I didn't necessarily want to talk about this, but you yes, wanted you did. to. You were very keen. No, I wasn't. Yep. Or you read between the lines wrong. The lines, in between each line, there was one line which said, I'm happy to do this. Well, that was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, this came this this came about because of a question that I can't remember where it was posed. Possibly on um, the Triple J Science Hour thing with Dr. Carl. Mm-hmm. But basically, the idea that soon, um, much well as it has already done, much of the human work that we do day to day is going to be overtaken and, and and handed off to robots, right? Mm-hmm. 
so that there's two sides to this. One is what are humans going to do as we have greater and greater population? How are we going to fill our hours if eventually all the horrible sort of busy work of, of society is going to be mechanized? And secondly, you have the artificial intelligence side of things, which is, okay, so the most dangerous thing that all of us do day to day is driving a car, right? Driving at 60 k's an hour in opposite directions with like 45 centimeters between passing vehicles on a road. Like that is incredibly ridiculous. And so it makes sense that eventually we'll all have self-driving cars automated to make those decisions, cars that can't sleep or get distracted or check for texts and things and just only drive. Yeah, get to the point. Excuse me. I'm tuning out. Excuse just me? get to the point. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm interested vaguely, but just hook me in now because okay. I'm done waiting. Should robot cars kill children? Yes. Okay. Because children, sometimes, they're sometimes they've got bad personalities. And they need to be stopped. Thoughts? Wow. That is that is not the response that I expected. Finish your question. Oh, so you, you want me to talk a little bit more? I'll allow you, you to talk more. You'll allow me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, yes, I did. But you I did. wanted to say what I wanted to say. Okay, what did you want to say? Hurry up. Okay. So do that now. Like, speak more now. Well, get to the point. The point being, it's just getting if you dr- if you well, there was this is you can't summarize. This is why we do a podcast. I know, but it's getting boring. Well, it's only getting boring now because you interrupted. I would have finished the question if by anything, now. If anything, this is the interesting part. This is not the interesting part. I think everyone at home will agree that this is the worst part, and they just Bullshit. wish it. No one just, listens to this podcast. They just wish for actual <laughs> philosophical advice. <laughs> they, you idiot. They definitely <laughs> no, want to no, at no. least hear the idea the first. The only reason anyone, any sane person, would listen to this is for the comedic value that comes mostly from my end so that's why you're upset with being thinky talky you're talking too much gives people what they want which is me (laughs) (laughs) damn me for laughing and proving your point the um okay so you're in a self-driving car this car is hurtling along a bridge a one-lane bridge or something it's hurtling it's hurtling it's hurtling it's jumping over very small obstacles the oh no hurtling yep yes sorry sorry um the and there's a school bus coming the other way with um, all kinds of kids and <laughs> multicultural, <laughs> multicultural kids, all religions and, and, and <laughs> doctrines. All religions. <laughs> it's like it's a future school where everyone gets along. Oh god, no! <laughs> now I need to decide whether I should edit that out with whale song. Uh, okay, I'm Just gonna get rid of silence that. now. And we're and back. We're back. Thank you for joining no us. No one said this is anything a, this is a upsetting to- or anything. This is a Thinky Talky podcast. And Don't worry about what we just said. Nothing happened. It, but it was edited out. The no, actually, that's joke. it. We won't, we won't mention that we edited it out. So let's just do another little bit of silence. And we're back. Okay. Good to see that something happened. The um, <laughs> There's a car hurtling down the... You this, said hurtling now. I know, because <laughs> it's funny idiot. now. Have confidence in your own words. I was confident. That you was were. for comedy. I, I planted that the seed of com- doubt in you, and then you, no. then you succumbed to it. You have never planted a seed of any kind in me when it comes to linguistics. That is very, very hurtful that you said Herdful. that. Hurtful. Hurtful. Shit. See? Planted a seed. Yeah. Anyhow, so it's a car moving along a bridge, 
at a school bus with kids and you can't do anything and you're going very fast and you're in auto driving cars and the only thing that you can do in the auto driving car is either drive your car off the bridge and kill you the passenger or collide with a school bus of kids and this is a real problem that artificial intelligence people are coming up against what is the rules that we bake into the self-driving car to make it decide okay do i hit the kid the school bus with all the kids in it yeah. or do i kill the driver morality well, and robotics. i mean um if you're talking about artificial intelligence deciding this they're going to have no emotional investment. So the best thing to do, and probably the best thing to do in any case, because, I mean, emotion in this kind of hypothetical is is not useful. So the only thing you can go by is numbers. Who, uh, How many people's lives is this going to affect the least? Mm. So it's going to be a numbers game. So if it can determine if this will... this crash will hurt the least amount of people that's what it would do if it can't determine that because it presumably doesn't know how many people are in the other vehicle well it, it may well do it it has point. to do like a, a hardwired kind of uh avoid collision i think i mean eventually they're already doing like prototyping of technology where our current cars communicate with the cars around it so yeah. it'll know, like, if the car in front of you breaks suddenly, it'll know, it'll tell the car behind you to also break. So well, there isn't I guess a crash. in that case, then you could, you could probably determine by, um, if it's a sedan, it's probably got four or five people in it. If it's a bus, it, it could have, yeah. you know, it's the maximum maximum capacity. Mm. So you could do it that so way. So you think it's a purely numbers? I think it was well, it's artificial artificial intelligence, though. Yeah. I mean, how else? It's the best. It is objectively the best way to decide. Who's gonna die? Like if you. But that that's describing all lives equal weight. If you if you ask someone what if it, from America, a patriot, if they if we bought, dropped a bomb on the uh, on the United States and it would save the rest of the world, yeah, uh, what are they gonna say? Yeah, say fuck they, off. They're gonna say fuck off, probably. Yeah. Well, we but don't I mean, stereotype the United States, but that's probably they they just seem more patriotic than anywhere else. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, that's. That's assuming that all those lives are equal, you know. If what if the one is the president, or I mean, you know, he's of arguable intelligence. Say it's like Nelson Mandela, or is is like a, it's you a know. bit weird that we favor and we hide the president so so like we make such an effort to hide the president. I think hide him. I mean, he's so well protected. Like if I mean, there's probably more threats against him against his life than or hit or her life. No, yeah, just well, there's no female presence, but um, there's probably you know more of a political impact there. But it's also kind of weird that his life is given more weight because as much as you kind of think that the presidents can't be replaced, like they can, mm. there'll be another well, they have good been. president. Like, JFK. And if Obama stuff. died, Hillary Clinton. I'm sure Hillary Clinton would do a really good job. Oh, no, it, it's um, it would be Bi- uh, no, Biden. No, it He's vice president. I know, but Hillary Clinton's a woman, and we're living in the 21st century. Now. Yeah, but it would when he died, it would go to Joe Biden, the yeah. vice president, not the Secretary of State. Just because he's a man. Just because of sex. Misogynistic. Yes, and sexist. Well, I don't agree with sexism. Call me old fashioned, but I don't believe that men should. That's just the opposite get... of old fashioned, actually. 
Or maybe very, very old-fashioned before sexism even existed. Um, um, kind of like a good level of old-fashioned. Okay. A conscious kind of... Two fingers of old-fashioned. Yeah. The, um, the... I think I might have restated the problem slightly misleadingly. I think originally the idea was that you're driving ahead and, like, a small girl jumps onto the road, like, like crosses the road in front of you. So it's not even a, another vehicle coming the way. And either you hit the girl or you drive off the bridge. So there's no technological um, ability to know okay. up ahead, um, you know... Oh, in which case, if you ran over the girl, things. you might save 12 children. No, because there's no other school bus. Yeah, so, but you're driving the school bus. No, you're in a car. You're in a you're in an auto. You're not driving anything. You're in a self-driving car. The passenger. How many people are in it? One. Uh, One self-driving car with you in it, headed at a road where a girl walks out in front of it, and it's a bridge. And either it hits a small girl, and presumably can recognise it's a girl, or it drives you off a cliff. Oh. And these, these are these are circumstances that they actually have to think about. They have yeah, to code one. this that's into. That's a good one. They should think about this. <laughs> they should listen to this podcast. I actually have been sending it to NASA for weeks. What they say? Uh, they have sent me back spam Zelda, messages. We don't, we don't care about Zelda. That's what they said. Oh, um, it back. <laughs> actually, NASA does care. Well, anyhow, but. Um, I think that you'd have to. Program it to avoid collision. Mm-hmm. Can't avoid it. Um, you can't avoid collision. It's a very sudden jump out. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm glad it's not me thinking about this. I'm glad I'm not making decisions for humanity on this one. I think, I think honestly, I honestly think it would hit the girl. I really do. I think that if the... If they the do ju- tilt you with deer and stuff, they say don't swerve. Well, yes, but that's because you're in control of the vehicle and your reaction to that is, it, like, it's a very hard thing to uh, but like, steer they, suddenly. That a car come, that, could be... That kind of line of thinking would come into it. Well, no, the reason that they say don't swerve is because, um, well, A, the way deers behave, but also B, if you're going at 90 k's an hour along a freeway and you do a very sharp turn, you have a very high risk of causing something because you're not experienced yeah. with that. And a car that's automated I, I, wouldn't have it's that. Gonna, this car's going to take into factors how fast you're going. Yeah. Um, it's going to know exactly what it's doing. How many around you, how many people yeah. you're, you're... I think genuinely it, it, it will decide to hit the girl. It depends. I mean, obviously this depends on how far the technology has gotten. Yeah. Obviously it depends on that. But, but there'll, there'll be a minimum... Just using... Yeah. yeah, there'll be a minimum threshold where all of a sudden that's so, a decision yeah. it'll have to make. But I think, think it'll, it'll hit, hit that because I think it will decide... Like, it'll come down to that girl, that girl ended up on the road wrongly. You know, that girl shouldn't have been there. And it sucks that she was there, but she darted out onto the road for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think the car, anyone that makes a car is not going to make a car that could possibly kill the driver. Just on a purely market-based corporate rationale, you can't sell a product which will potentially throw you off a bridge. So I think it's going to hit the girl. Do you think it will... Um, I mean, if you're drunk, can you get in one of these cars? That's the entire point. That Le- is exactly why. Legally. Because you're not driving it, of course. But They're legally, self-driving, yeah. 
Definitely. That's exactly why they're going to be better for the entire society because you're Ooh. not in control of there'd be a few There'd be a few circumstances that pop oh. up and it would cause it's havoc for, for those... legal system is going to have a very interesting time <laughs> making sense of it. It is intrinsically a moral dilemma mm. uh, rather than anything. But we you know, need this, but we can't let this happen. Yeah. Driving a car is the most dangerous thing any of us do day to day. Hurtling in two tons of metal past each other with half a metre to spare in opposite mm. directions at 60 k's an hour. When a sneeze or a blink or a text message or a song or even just tiredness can cause death, not just to you, but to any number of people around you. You know, I was wondering um, if a car is going, it's a 50 zone, right? Uh-huh. Traveling at 70 kilometers an hour in a 50 zone. Uh-huh. Say 60 zone. Okay. 80 and a 60. Mm-hmm. Cop sees it, mm-hmm. and then to catch that person, they speed. Mm-hmm. They presumably going at sixty, but then they have to speed up. Yeah. Now we have two cars that have gone at eighty, mm-hmm. dub- doubling. For all intents and purposes, they they've doubled the risk. If if going sixty is the safe thing, mm-hmm. one car's going eighty, and then now another car is going eighty. Isn't that irresponsible? But the car that's going eighty is presumably going 80 because there's no traffic in front of it causing it to slow down again. Mm-hmm. So the car that follows it is also not going to hit any traffic causing it, causing it to slow down again. And so, so the, minimis- the, the minimization of risk is uh, making, you know, in terms of the police car has legal right to increase the speed to catch it because that's they have that jurisdiction. But, but that's also, a bit stupid. That's my point, though. It's a bit but, stupid. But them catching up is about minimising the risk because if they're going 20 k's an hour over the limit, um, there is the potential that that person could cause damage and the sooner that they cause them to slow down and not be able to drive again is to the betterment of road users. I guess so. Good point. Hmm. I, 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 I mean, it is true that you don't want to be... Like, when you think of those helicopter camera vision of, like, American car chases, like where they're going like a hundred down a, a freeway. If you've got then a squad of police cars coming after them at that sort of speed, it is a hell of a risk, yeah. which I suppose is why you have the helicopter there. Cause you can just watch where he parks and then, you know, relocate everyone there at safe speeds. Yeah. There was a helicopter scary. around here the other night. Mm-hmm. I woke up at like 3am and it didn't mm-hmm. stop until six really? circling. I think there might've been two as well. Just That's like crazy. going around and around. Couldn't sleep because of it. it Helicopters at 3 a.m. Really low, really low, and it was vibrating the windows every time they went around. Holy shit, they Couldn't must have sleep. really been looking for someone. Well, that's what I was thinking. And then and then when I woke up because of that, I was a bit fascinated. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Interesting. And I went yeah. to look at it, and then I went back, and then I thought about... And then the more I kind of thought about it and the more I heard of them, the more I was awake... Yeah. I started to get a bit paranoid about me. Well, you know, this is a potential threat. If it's like a guy like that's a guy escaped who, like, from somewhere, breaks into our house. Maybe it's yeah. pot- like they're, they're flying in a very, very low, very direct zone, yeah. a very specific area that they're looking in, and surround my area. Like yeah. this is, could be something that I, I should be afraid of. That's uh, but yeah, I feel. Did you see anything in the news okay. or anything? No. Hmm. no It'd be interesting. Maybe there was like an escaped madman from the. Well, I, mean, I just I just have no idea what it could have been. Like what they. Yeah, I mean, drugs. Like it'd, no, it'd have, to be, it'd have to be like a prisoner know, or someone be. from a like yeah. So I don't mental think, health yeah, facility. You almost like uh, ra- can be rationally paranoid. 
Yeah. Almost there. That's true. Well, then it's not paranoia, though. If it's ra- Paranoia is irrational. Is it? Yeah. Because you're being paranoid. Well, the, the phrase rational paranoia is kind of cool. So It is. I like it. Me too. But it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But, some but of I like it, though. Don't. Let's put that on your thought pad. Okay. Um, like yeah, that. it's the same as an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just you put it in a cardboard box which says thoughts on it. <laughs> um, the other side of it, which I, uh, which we touched on until got cut off at the start, was the idea of what 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 humanity is going to do as we increasingly hand off all the menial labor to machinery. How do you think we're going to adjust when all of a sudden you know everyone is really looking for jobs Taking more and jobs, more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think. On the whole, well, it could either make the people who own the machines a lot richer, and it could could Definitely. divide the uh, the the gap there. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I mean, can people people can people will probably find a way to earn the same amount of money doing other things. Doing what? What do they do? What do people do with their lives if, well, if they're maybe, not maybe, skilled? Maybe, and maybe they're they'll not... get more, maybe more creative. Maybe there'll be more art. We're talking, that's the utopian answer. The dystopian answer is that people don't have money, so they're living in cheap, shitty, you know, rent, and the class divide sort of splits up. I, I think they probably can't afford the education. most likely thing is that there'll be the uh, the division between classes is going to widen dramatically. That makes me wonder, though, if <clears throat> the, you know, if the answer to that is, you know, okay, so no, now people can't afford to live in big flash houses you know if they're not if, it, if there's such a lack of unskilled labor sort of positions around the place now and education realistically speaking is probably still not afforded much budget so it's not all of a sudden accessible to everyone yeah um whether it ends up in you know eventually becoming um like the internet comes in to save it again where you don't actually need to be um, physically present for things to be able to a perform work. So you've got a globalized society where you can perform that sort of service elsewhere, and also b you could have a virtual reality type thing where the fact that you're living in a shithole doesn't matter so much as your connection to the virtual world and um, the life that you live there. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. It's exciting. That Starting, concept. It, it could go either way, though. It really, really could. And I don't know. Like, in the mean, that transitionary period, when all of a sudden, you know... I mean, think about even, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, when you had, um, you know, checkout chicks, you know, filling every lane at the supermarket. And nowadays, you don't see more than, like... <laughs> with the rhinos come back to snort a little bit more. Um when they'd fill every lane and now you can go into a supermarket and you never see more than like two people on the checkouts because it's yeah. either self-checkout or you know a couple of old people yeah I, I I would call myself a pessimist probably but surprisingly I have a great deal of faith in people and in humanity especially in their ability to adapt and I know it seems like a finite thing like there are a finite amount of jobs in the in the world that people could do and make money from it and, and have a sustainable kind of life for, yeah. with. Uh, I, I feel like, and this might just be a cop-out, I feel like that it might just be one of those things that we don't understand. We'll be like in the future, like, oh yeah, this is like one of the things that happens all the time now. 
I'm like, oh, I never really thought of that as a way. And maybe you just can't really work out why. But so I do have a great deal of faith in, in people's ability to adapt. And I think, you know, I'm sure it, it's, it's a transition. And in transition, people... Some people it doesn't work out for some people. Yeah. If it's especially something as big as uh, that, something that kind of um, relates to everyone in the yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably a, a slow thing, and it will just gradually progress, and we'll just do other things uh, mm. that maybe that we can't, things that we can't think of at the moment. Yeah. And it's going to have to do with the internet, in some way. Or the next big whatever technological development is. Yeah. It is just, it's going to be interesting. I mean, especially when you think about how, I mean, do, do you ever think about what our generation is going to be criticised by, by our children? Did we not talk about, was this not a question that we had? That's true. But I mean, it, it, you know, technologically speaking, all the people in power these days don't really seem to understand the internet or its potential. The thing that I they think... limit the solar power shit, or like the gr- they have no respect for the science of global warming and that kind of stuff. In Australia, you're talking about in Australia, but yeah. also much of the Western world. I mean, maybe not Europe as much, but they'll come around. Hopefully, not too late. But the same thing with like not doing the right NBN plan. Um, and, and having this like shittier version of the internet because they don't understand that if we were ahead of the, um, you know, the technology, we would become the next like major civilized society because of the benefits that that kind of high speed access can lend to everyone. I think this generation that is growing up now, the f- the first generation really to grow up with the internet as kids and how much of a, how much of an emphasis and how much value is placed on that amongst all of us and and you almost you know forget. Forget the, the past generation. Yeah, uh, I think the, we all value this tool. We all of us. So I think it will be more telling once our generation comes into power. Do you think that our generation will be will have better approval from our successes than we currently approve of our elders? Um, probably. Okay. I think it's probably. Sp- uh, this was that such gap, a big change. That gap is yeah. probably narrowing as as we speak, and that's, that's... the same the same with the last fifty years, as well. Same. Well, with, what do you mean by that? I mean, if you ask that question to a couple of generations ago, yeah, I think the gap between their generation and the next generation is less than the gap between their generation and the past generation. Okay, and I think so that think is that's... narrowing. Does that what does and that the internet reflect? helps with that? Well, the internet helps with that sharing of information. Just a willingness, in... knowing that other people are in the same boat as you, and you're not just kept in your bubble. That's a very good point. Yeah, the idea that all of a sudden you have immense visibility to contrarian points of view. Yes, and yeah. you realize that those you have more options that way. Mm. If other people share you, your view, then you have more options because you. That's the thing. Oh, some some sometimes you. Don't even know it's an option until you realize that someone else has got that yeah. kind of in the same position, and they're like, "Okay, well, we can do this." It's not then. just me. It's then. another one. Yeah. yeah, and it's very easy to be stuck in a um, reinforcing bubble of people who share your same opinions. It's filthy. It's like a bath. It's like a bath. <laughs> I You're get just that. Bathing in it. Yeah, that's that's not a bad analogy. Thank you. Um, let's go back to the robot morality thing a little bit. I, have you ever read Asimov? Mm-hmm. You know the three laws of robotics thing that they do. Um, robots should not um, allow another human to come to harm um, or through an action 
cause it to become uh, be hard that sort of thing what's um, the last one <sighs> is the last one's the main one well robot protects its own existence check it out subject to the yeah let's look it up subject to the I think the last one is because they're sub- successive um, robot is um, can protect itself only subservient to the previous two rules okay um, and of course the first one was um, the zeroth rule which he actually added later um, presumably because it had good narrative potential but the idea that a robot should protect humanity or not through its own inaction allow humanity to come to harm rather than just specifics which is the idea that sometimes you might have to um, hurt some humans in order to ensure the survival of the species. He's got a book called The Last Question, but I don't think that's what I'm looking for here. Asimov's Three Rules. We should easily be able to find it. You just edit out the dead air, right? There we go. So three laws of robotics. A robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings except where it may conflict with the first law. A robot must protect its own existence as long as protection doesn't conflict with the first or second law. Yeah. Um, And, like, what a fucking genius, can I just say, Asimov. What an amazing scientific mind to put that in print, what, the 50s? When When did Asimov write... Um, 1942 yeah fucking ages ago Jesus like that's 70 years ago he did that before the computers before any of that stuff and he has this concept mind which is being implemented in real sense in the words that that we're like in the robots we're making today the problem that I have I mean I, I do it's the philosophy with Asimov that you that is the thing to be kind of respected there yeah the, thing, the problem that I have with science fiction, I love science fiction and I love thinking about the future, you know, way into the future. I yeah. love that. I'm almost obsessed with it lately. Um, but the thing, the thing with science fiction, it almost tends to overestimate where we're going to be at. And it's going to be tougher now because of the, the singularity and the... Um, the incoming know, collision of... Exponential kind yeah. of... Growth of technology. Growth of technology. So it's going to be maybe, maybe it would be easier. I don't know. But it, science fiction has tended to overestimate where we're going to be at. So it feels, you know, when it gets past that point really quickly and they're just like, oh, we the were way off. The hoverboards uh, yeah. of 2000. The Jetsons sort of thing. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but but I think science I th- tends to, uh, that book I was reading, The Physics of the Future, yeah. uh, he is saying that that's kind of just films and stuff, but in science, we've actually tended to underestimate where we're going to be at uh, so this is kind of perception thing and then a real understanding and and uh, uh, you know who knows where we're actually going to going to be at it'd be fascinating I, the that's that's the excitement of the future of course is seeing what the develops most exciting thing but the, in the world the um i think there are certainly things that science fiction is underestimated um we're yet to really see it come to fruition but i i generally tend to think that when it comes to the humanity of future worlds, it probably underestimates society's ability to change very quickly. If you, I mean, you even think about the dynamics of like race politics or sexual politics and that sort of stuff, and how literally in the past ten to fifteen years, you know, um, sexual um, variations yeah. have become utterly accepted. Like this generation does not care 
in any real sense in the way that previous generations did. And that's literally in a, in a decade, a decade yeah. and a half. Yeah. And that like that technological thing, maybe they overestimate where the technology is or, or the legal stuff holds it back, like hover cars and that kind of stuff is probably not a feasible thing that's going to happen for a very, very long time. But the idea of our society being basically representative of what it is today, you know, a hundred years from now, I think is massively underselling our ability to change, you know, the way that our perceptions of the world are, you know. I absolutely agree with you. Mm. Are you optimistic? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I li- you're a realist, though, too. Like, I'm a realist, but I, I don't like... Know, real- saying you're a realist is a little elitist, maybe, I feel sometimes, True. but... So I, I kind of call myself a pessimist because I don't want I don't want to say it I don't want to have the ego thing of calling myself a let's realist. Let's just be real now because so, we know this is. So I call happen. myself a pessimist, but yeah. what I really mean is that I'm a realist. Yeah. Um, without any of the stigma, <laughs> I don't want that stigma. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I tend you to. You can just choose when you want. When I you tend want the to stigma. think that we're pretty good. Like, this is the greatest age that anyone... If you look at the global scope of humanity in terms of illness and technology and, and education and, and equality, this is the greatest golden age that's ever existed yeah. at a global stage. And I that is going to... That is getting faster and faster. Why is that snorted again? The intervals? Again? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe it's... Maybe sensing maybe it's getting there's something addicted. wrong. <laughs> It's meant to neutralize the air. If it gets too smelly, it brings it back up. Whoa, boy, what just happened? I know it's only been two two minutes, but uh, I gotta go again. Yeah. But uh, no, generally, like, I I like to think that we're heading, we're skewing. I mean, the idea of utopia and dystopia is kind of extremist. I think there is a comfortable middle ground where things keep improving, but where there are still problems. Yeah. And I think there tends to get better but not not with all of a sudden a radical you know magical happy existence I guess the question is whether we're going to do it in time enough if we're going to have enough time we won't see it no I don't mean like that I mean before the if we can save ourselves before the aliens as, take over no Nick don't trivialise what I'm saying <laughs> if we can save ourselves before we fuck up the planet or we fuck up our own surroundings or we kill ourselves, we blow ourselves up. If we can grow to a point where we're beyond that now and we save ourselves just by maturing as a species. Uh, It was, you know, uh, yes, it's a species maturity kind of thing. Uh, If we can do that before... We kill which ourselves. Is, which implies like globalization as well, so that everyone is on a level playing field and everyone is. Everyone has the same rights. Yeah, everyone That's is. That's nirvana for There's for no the such species. thing as first world and third world. Can anymore. you imagine that world? I think that world could potentially be here in 2,000 years. Oh, it won't take that long. No, 2,000 years. You're underestimating. You're overestimating. Oh. Cheeky. See? Um, no, I reckon end of. I reckon end of... Okay, no, human nirvana, that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking... I'm talking golden age of planet Earth. Every, everyone's on the every, same... Oh, yeah, we're talking about the same, same thing. thing. Okay. Yeah. Every, every species, every... So not every species, your prediction. every, every your person, every... Final predictions before we go. 2400. I'm mm-hmm. going to say 3032. No, way, way long. That's that's ages away. Twenty bucks. Damn it. Okay. 
Uh, 20 bucks. Easy. 20 I'll see bucks. you there, man. With the interest. Cheers. With the interest, this could potentially make me $11. <laughs> you have not done interest, man. <laughs> Which, no. The, it, Is the, it simple interest the economy, or compound interest? The economy, the, uh, the economy fluctuates, Nick. Okay. Uh, let me tell you something about the economy. <laughs> Some highs and lows. It fluctuates. So by the year 3032... Will be in credits then, not Australian dollars. And so I've, I would have only have made eleven dollars in interest. <laughs> I would have been up a million dollars at one point. I and would have been down it. five, yeah. but I come out eleven dollars in my pocket. And that's investment. And that's called the circle of life. Stocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's called being a Wall Street guy. Well, that's a, that's a good uh, forty-one minutes. I think that's a good place to wrap up. So happy I'm, to happy ha- to leave it there. Happy chappy. Any uh, the anything? Are rough. What? The real Michael is back. <laughs> oh my gosh, who is him all this time? I have I have been that's no, it's been me. Okay. A kid. It was a trip. Okay. Um well if you have questions or topics for us, please send it to deepford at gmail dot com. Or you can visit us at facebook.com slash deep or twitter.com slash deep or rate us on iTunes.com.au slash slash org. Um Thank you for listening, everyone. This has been... This, I've enjoyed this one. Thank you. You've been drinking for several hours. I've been drinking for one hour. And I think we are going out on a high. Let's go to a club. Let's go to a club. Let's go record a club. Let's go... Let's go to the, the golf club. shop. Let's go... Let's go to the Let's golf go club. Let's go shopping for golf... Let's go... Golf clothes, even though none of us golf. <laughs> I golf. Let's Not go tee off. Well. I bet your swing is shit. I did, I did golf as a sport oh, in year off. 10. I don't want to hear it. I'm leaving. Okay. okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.